All right, so we are talking about pitch decks. We're in the pitch material section of today's workshop. Um, we want to talk about one-pagers. I might cover this for a couple of minutes and then point out a few things to you on an example that we passed out in front of you. Uh, your one-liner should almost always be at the very top. Uh, your brand name should be at the very top. How big it is might depend on how dialed in your brand name is and how useful it is. Um, a lot of one-pagers are missing contact details. Uh, you should have icons, symbols, videos, your unique value-add process. One secret, secret we've learned, and we had this backwards when we started pitchdex.com, the first 20 clients got onboarded the wrong way. And we would say, okay, well, let's do the easy things first, and then we'll build up and do the harder things. So we would do the logo first, and then the teaser, and then we'd do the website, and then we'd do the pitch deck. And that was the complete backwards way to do it. You have to start with the branding to have all the colors and everything unified. But after we get the branding, the one-liner, then we build out the pitch deck first. Because then if you created some custom visuals for that pitch deck, and the timeline, you made it really excellent. You just draw from that to create the website. You draw from that to create the one pager and only the best of the best stuff in the pitch deck go onto the one pager. So you just do that heavy lifting first and then create the other materials and it makes it much, much easier. We already talked about this. If your space is confusing, make sure you make it very crystal clear uh, what you're doing and how your space works. Um, make it one to two pages, meaning front and back should be how long your one pager is. A lot of times we ask for one pager and people give us a four page word document of just paragraphs or a one page word document with really thick text. Um, having something visually designed uh, is not an expensive thing. Um, so make sure you do that. You want to uh, address the top objections. What Evan Pagan always taught me with copywriting is that somebody's entering a hallway and you want to guide them down the hallway towards the room at the end of doing business with you. And if you know the common objections when you're selling somebody in person, you have to translate those into your materials and your writing. So if you know that they try to go out this escape window of like, oh, no, that industry is risky or, oh, no, interest rates are going up. So that's going to hurt your industry. And that's like an escape valve for them to jump out a window on you. Then you need to shut that window by addressing that objection and you can't verbally have them voice the objection because you're doing this in writing. You're doing it in a pitch deck or a one-pager or a webinar. It's not the same as sitting down over a cup of coffee and someone says like, oh, well, I thought that industry is bad now because interest rates of this or monetary policy changed this or because it's all-time high here. Um, you have to predict what those objections are over meeting with investors over and over and over again and then build those into your materials. So your one-liner, your brand, your visuals address the top three to five objections before they have time to voice them and you're shutting all those windows as they walk down the hallway towards the room you want them to get to. If you don't do that, they're just going to jump out the window and say, oh, I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not going to follow your line of logic uh, to invest together. So that's important. Here's some examples of what some one-pagers could look like, different versions that we've worked on. Um, usually, obviously, they have a color theme to it. We try to point out statistics like number of deals they've done or images of deals they've done where they've done deals inside of the, um, the country before, put down the headshots of who's on their team. It's a great way to show that you're not just a two-person company if you're not by having the headshots there, even if they're relatively small. Um, on the example you have here in front of you, you can see on the investorresidences.com one pager, we, have, we chose to put lots of headshots there instead of putting detailed bios because we thought it'd be less wordy and it shows we're not a four-person company and that's one of our strengths. We put the different locations um, for the real estate there. We have a video um, on there as well, the three-step process um, of working together. Um, on the other side is our one-pager for our work with dentists and investing into dental clinics and DSOs. And again, you'll see a custom visual here 
Um, and it's basically saying, this is how we work with investors that are dentists. And this is how we work with dental practices. And that visual is something that we adapted from a family office club visual. Um, you'll see similar because it's our business model essentially is to build platforms where people are interacting in the middle. And on one side, you have the capital raisers. And on the other side, the investors, essentially the people who own the assets and the people who are looking to put money into assets. So you'll see that we have a one-liner uh, at the top of both of these uh, on the example one. Uh, we have a custom visual. We have the team shown off. We have some bullet points on there. We even have a QR code. So if somebody scans that, they can book a phone call with the professional. So if we're at a conference, um, then instead of asking for their business card, they could just scan it and then it pops up and they can just schedule a phone call right there um, as one option for people to get in touch with us and work with us. And in general, we encourage people to text message our team and speak with us that way through our websites, through material, materials, or even at conferences because people will lose track of emails, but not so much um, you know, text messages as often. So that's an example of one pager. Uh, in theory, this is kind of like your one-liner is almost more important than your one pager because if they don't like your one-liner, they're not going to open up the PDF that's attached and read your one pager. And the one pager is even more critical to get right than your pitch deck because if they don't like the one pager, why would they want to read through a 22 page pitch deck? And if you only have a pitch deck and they see the size of the file, it is imagine it's going to be 40 pages long. And they're like, I'm going to look at that email later because I'm going to rush today. But if it's literally called the one pager on this or executive summary, then they're like, okay, that's not a huge investment of time to click on this, which might sound ridiculous. But when someone's really, really busy, then every one or two minutes kind of counts because they might be in meetings a lot of the day open up their inbox. There's hundreds and hundreds of emails. And I've already done all that work to get your one-liner or an email subject line to get them to open that email. And now you have to convince them that they're in the right place and they should open your one pager and actually take time to look at it. Um, and if you dial things in to be really attractive to investors who are very sophisticated and busy, then it's going to work even better on the private investor typically um, who is not as skeptical and doesn't see a lot of deal flow. Some investors only see three or four investment opportunities per year. And then they invest in one or two of the four or five investor opportunities. Uh, some investors see a thousand opportunities per year and they invest in 10 things. So it just depends on the investor, of course.